What You Need to Know is being brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. The Big CY, Clinton Yates. What up? Is in the house today for Shidano. Shidano. And it's time for What We Need to Know. So here is Lindsay Baseball. Well, what you need to know, Cappy, is that L.A. officially has a new mayor. It was just called about an hour ago. You want to guess who it is? You want to guess who won, Cap? Um... I actually do not know. I, you didn't I re- Google it during the break I, when I, I told swear, you? I promise you I did not Google it. And the reason is, is because I ran into one of the mayoral candidates at the USC game two weeks ago. Okay. When I, when I say it like that, I mean, I'm trying to make it sound like it was big time. I was, was going to say, are you, are you hobnobbing here? No, like, I, was, actually I, was, I was kind of right there. And, it was the mayoral candidate and Evan Mobley, of course. Right. It was Evan we Mobley, too. Oh, right. Right, right. right. <laughs> And Lendale White, don't forget about him. Yeah. And My Carson favorite Palmer. USC player ever, Lendale White, 2-1. Love Lendale White. Love Lendale White. He used to do that cool dance. Yep. Carson Palmer was in the house that night. Really? So who oh, yeah. Cat Carson Cat Palmer came out of uh, hibernation. Speaking of yep. hibernation, had the I haven't whole seen family. that guy forever. Had the whole fam. Big day, big day today at USC. I'll tell you more about it later on. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know who won the mayoral race. Tell us. Okay, so Karen Bass won. All right. She will become the first elected female and second black mayor of Los Angeles, narrowly defeating the billionaire developer Rick Caruso in the highly contested mayoral race after a week of counting. The 69-year-old longtime congresswoman won the race with just over 53% of the vote. And I know we don't talk about politics here on the show, but I feel like that's kind of an important piece of information that if you haven't seen it yet, you probably need to know. I will say this. You know what I did? I voted by mail. It was so shockingly easy. Shout to L.A. County for making that process rather streamlined and rather straightforward. That's all I'll say well, about that. Well, I'm going to say something to you. I'm super jealous because I'm one of these people that gets this stuff in the mail, throws it out, and then convinces himself, I'm too busy to deal with this right now. And then what happens, Clinton? On Tuesday, I leave my house at 7 p.m. when we get off the air, and I go stand in line in the rain like a schmuck. Okay, and then it, it takes me an hour, and and I have to vote in person because I think I like it the old school way. I promised myself this is the last year I ever go stand in line. I'm nope. a mail-in voter going forward. Okay. All you got to do is very simple: put it on the calendar. Uh, oh, yes. good or man! If yeah. you want to feel like you're doing it the old school way, which you can also do, is fill out your ballot and the day of, go take it to one of those. Places. Go drop it no, off at the no, polls. No, yeah, no, so you no, get no, the no. vibe. You get the yeah, vibe, get the but vibe, you don't have you to wait in line. Yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with the voting vibe. I'm 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 all about now mail in voting. <laughs> I'm done with the. Vibe. I'm done with the. I have no interest in the voting vibe. <laughs> okay, that, I'm just saying, Cap. If you still want that vibe, whenever you're gonna vote again. Just saying. I don't. I, di- I okay. didn't do it this year because I wanted the vibe. I only did it this year because I was lazy. And I convinced myself I was busier than I really was. And track you all the way to the ballot box, buddy. Damn right. Yeah, if I do that because I want the vibe for like the presidential election, like I'd rather, I wanted to like go in person because it felt like it was like more important to go vote in person. You had to tell IG that, you know, you no, were there. No, I didn't. I don't need to, I don't need to post this stuff on, on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, if I'm being honest, the, re- the only reason I really went was because I wanted that sticker. You get the yeah. sticker you in the mail, yeah, bro. You still uh, in get fact, the Cap, you mm-hmm. get the sticker in the mail even if you don't send your even ballot in. Even if you in. don't vote. I know. Yeah, oh, really? In there. Oh, because yeah. I didn't want to be shamed by everybody. Mm. Who's going to shame? Never mind. I, I don't want to like be one of those people who wears my voting sticker around because I'm not trying to spark any type of conversation about politics when I'm out and about, like just living life. That's all. Well, that's I what you need to know, I guess. That yeah. is what you need to know. Congratulations to the new mayor. That so, is what you need to know. It's brought to you by Morago Casino Resort and Spa. 
Got a lot of Raider fans in my mentions right now. So mm-hmm. what's know. going on? What are they saying? One guy said, uh, "You don't understand why they ditched Basakia, and that's fine. The bad part is that well, neither do those. Why? Of us, neither do those of us who collectively screamed no when yeah. they hired McDaniel's. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean that's what I'm saying. It went from bad to worse. And I, listen, I get it. Basakia did not seem like a long term solution, but when you're a franchise like the Raiders, this is one of the things. This is a separate discussion, but we can get to Stephen A. Smith in a second. This is one of the things that I kind of don't understand about NFL franchises, especially one that have not been good in a really long time is they act as if there's some sort of obvious playbook that leads them to success that everybody can count on. And for the Raiders to say, oh, well, the guy that got us to the playoffs is clearly not the guy for next season. I'm sorry, what? On what grounds do you even have the knowledge to think that? I I just don't get it. The logic in the NFL on a a sport that is so week-to-week and so year-to-year and so day-to-day – to get rid of somebody who the team apparently likes and actually wins will never make sense to me. Well, the, the stupidity, and I'm going to call it that, of firing, or let me rephrase that, of not re-signing Bisaccia, Sure, it was stupid in every way for Mark Davis, and here's why. Number one, you went and got Gruden off the television set because you thought he's the sexiest candidate out there. And gave him $100 million. Right, and, and Gruden, in turn, hired Bisaccia, who had worked with him previously, in his at a stop in Tampa. So Basaccia was a Gruden guy, meaning that if you went out and got Gruden because he was the guy, and then he gets caught up in this controversy and he has to get pushed out, well, Basaccia is the guy to take over because he's the guy that's still delivering the same message. And then what you learn about a coach is he can weather the storm. So not only do we have a guy who weathered it, and not only do the players like him and believe in him because He's got a legitimate resume, but he's going to be insanely inexpensive. And we're the Raiders, and we're still paying Gruden. Whether he's here or he's not here, we're paying him. So we should pay this guy less and reward him for what he just did. And I guarantee you this, if they would have kept Bisaccia, they'd be in a much better place today. I agree. I think this is gets, gets back to my point, which is a separate point, but a similar point to what I was saying before. Y'all, running sports franchises is, in fact, really really difficult it is not just a matter of picking the good players picking the good coaches and rolling out the balls and blowing on the whistles you know what i'm saying like it is in fact very very difficult and i think that at this particular point in the nfl's history you see with all these teams that are sub 500 or just kind of around there you're realizing that a lot of these old guys that were just kind of winging it and everybody thought they knew what they were doing really actually don't well you you know what i'm saying you you want to know the next part of it though it's really hard for guys that were just handed teams by their dads oh don't get me started on this the earth of the world. There's a lot of guys that are in that. Well, boat, you know? I mean, it's it's Mark Davis, it's Dean Spanos. You mentioned mm-hmm. Jim Irsay. It's the guys who didn't really make the money and just had their dads hand them the team. And in Mark Davis's case, dad just handed him the team. And Mark Davis is kind of proving. Everybody said this. They used to make fun of him because of his crazy haircut. Yeah. And and then nobody was making fun of him anymore when he actually got this stadium deal done in. In Las Vegas. Okay. In fact, he became the smart guy of the entire group. And now you're finding out that he got kind of lucky with the stadium, and he don't really know how to run this organization. And just like his father, man, he can't stay out of it. It's too bad. It's too bad. One of the one of the hallmark brands of the NFL is just wallowing in mediocrity and one of the jewels 
of the NFL stadium, you know, collection. It's it's embarrassing. But the way you run a team today, Clinton, is you need to be ultra, ultra, ultra wealthy, like Stan Kroenke, and you hand it off to Kevin Demoff and to Les Snead. You don't have to be ultra wealthy to do that. You just have to be a little bit less egomaniacal. You know what I'm but, saying? I hear yeah. what you're saying, though. But the problem is, is that like when it is your only revenue source, and and you know you're trying to protect the money, you're just you're just too hands on. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, these people are printing money left and right. It's, you'd think that we would, you would want to turn it over to a professional. Right. We're, we're talking about ultra-wealthy poor people. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know? Let's hear Stephen A. I want to hear this rant. All right. Here's Stephen A. Smith and what he had to say about Mark Davis and uh, Josh McDaniels. It ultimately comes back to you, Mark Davis, because when you give an idiotic, unquestionably an idiotic quote like that, in Vegas, Sin City, you going to tell everybody Rome was not built in a day? That's got to be the dumbest quote that I've ever seen from an owner. It was stupid. And what you need to do is call the reporters back and retract that damn quote and make sure that you say something more sensible and accountable for the atrocity that you got going on. Because you got cats that don't want to be in a Raiders uniform. What happened to just win, baby? What happened to the silver and black? What happened to that pride? What happened to all of that? It's trash right now. <laughs> and you're going to tell the people Rome wasn't built in a day? I mean, that's just pathetic. <laughs> so there's multiple things there. First of all, I completely missed that quote. He really actually said Rome wasn't built in a day. Yep, yeah. that's what he said. He, when, like, when they asked him, did about, he expand on that? He, no, it was it was about Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Like, hey, you gonna fire Josh McDaniels? He's like, hey, what are you talking about? No, no, no. I mean his thoughts on what actually happened with the denouement of the Roman Empire and how it was built. I need to know what his actual historical background is on that because I feel like everybody who uses that term has no idea what it actually means. I don't. You know, and I, I mean? don't use it. I don't right. use it, and I don't know what it means. <laughs> Rome wasn't built in a day because they were too busy brutally murdering people all over the European tag on countryside because they were trying to figure out stupid stuff like, I don't know, math, because they were using Roman numerals to multiply and they were stupid. Anyway, <laughs> the fact that Steve is this fired up always makes me happy, but I want to review a very specific part of that. If you can go back to the clip and we can isolate this, listen how he says the word that is spelled I-D-I-O-T-I-C. Listen how he says this word. It ultimately oh, comes back to you, again. Mark Davis, because when you give an idiotic, idiotic, <laughs> he says it like it's a first name and a last name. Y'all met my man, idiotic. Like I, that, that. Sorry, that Yo. stood out to me. I love it when he gets so upset that he's like specifically pronouncing insulting words. That makes me laugh every time. That is good. That's good ears right idiotic. there. Idiotic. Yeah. Well, he like the rest of his like the rant leading up to it is exactly what you were saying before, Clinton, where he he talked about how like. You were a playoff team last year. Like you won the last five games. Like why? Why did you want to go out and even hire him to begin with? Greg Bergman so has just walked into the room. Noted Raider fan. He can't hear me right now, but I mean, it's just it's it's. I would be embarrassed. Like of all the teams this year, Cap, the teams that have taken steps backwards. Who do you think should be most embarrassed on where they are? The Rams. Listen, teams that make the Super Bowl, teams that make the playoffs, oftentimes miss the playoffs to next season, but. Very rarely does a team, not maybe not very rarely, but like I feel like the Raiders have one of the more, if not arguably one of the most disappointing seasons in the NFL this year because they had just a little hope and now they're so much farther away. 
I would actually argue that the Rams season is currently more disappointing than the Raiders okay. season. <laughs> All right. That's interesting. <laughs> and only because the Rams won the Super Bowl in their home stadium, and a lot of people, Clinton, picked the Rams to repeat. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but at least and, they won. I mean, that, listen, but that's, but the fall from grace is what makes it so much harder. The Raiders were always bad and they kind of caught a little bit of lightning at the end of last year and they made it into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And, and then they went out and they added a piece. And then by hiring Josh McDaniels, there is so much evidence to say that Bill Belichick assistants become failures as head coaches. Oh, yeah. Why Mark Davis thought it was going to work with him versus it not working for just about everybody else who hired a Belichick assistant, nor did it work for McDaniels in Denver or the one hour or two hours that he was the head coach of the Colts before he told them he didn't want to be their coach anymore. That felt so weird, bro. Cap, I have a question for you. Yeah. Who you? Okay, so the Raiders and the Rams, both disappointing season. You say the Rams is worse. Who has the tougher hill to climb to get back to relevancy next year? I think it's got to be the Raiders. I, I mean, they're, I, I mean, they're technically they're like the better team on paper, right? Well, the I mean, Rams. I mean, again, really? the Rams. Uh, let's not forget they actually did win the Super Bowl. So, like that alone gives you a reasonable amount of re- relevancy for at least two seasons. I, I would say, and mainly I, because the head coach is somebody that people actually think knows somewhat what they're doing. You, you know what I mean? It. You As got opposed it. to the Raiders. You're exactly right. I mean, I think I think for the Rams, this is a bad year where you lose your the leader of your offensive line to retirement, and then everybody on your offensive line gets hurt. You give up a receiver like Robert Woods and think you're going to replace him and Odell Beckham with a guy like Allen Robinson, and guess what? You're not 100%. You're going to miss on some guys. And Matthew Stafford, who before he won a Super Bowl, was kind of considered like Derek Carr kind of quarterback. Lots yeah, of big true. stats, but not a lot of wins. Matthew Stafford's been beat up with his elbow. Now he's in concussion protocol he hasn't been very good anyway as it was there's no running game to speak of so i actually think the rams can get back to relevancy to, Wait, to so being good sooner all that but said, everything though, don't went you wrong think that that's like all for all those things aren't going to change anytime soon for all those reasons it would make me think that the rams actually have like a harder road to get back to competing stafford could retire instantly and you could pick somebody up and i think that you could i, I think that's what i think that's the the harder part here is that you're not replacing car if you're the Raiders, and you're going to have to replace more people to get back to a talent level, at least on offense, that's going to make you a contender. That's, I that's what th- I would say. I still think on defense, you've got a lot of really big-time talents for the Rams, and for the Rams, the likelihood that the offensive line is going to get this beat up going forward, I mean, there's got to be a solution, or maybe they carry more guys, whatever. Um, and and you know, Van Jefferson hasn't really played. Odell Beckham's still not back in the league, you know, and who knows if he's going to come back to the Rams, although I doubt it. But you just got to admit that you made some mistakes along the way, the Rams. Um, but I just I think if I had to put my money on the Rams or the Raiders, my money's going on Sean McVay before it's going on Josh McDaniels. By the way, yeah. I got an, we can talk about this on the other side. I got an email from my building, and I have a question for you guys when we come back. All right, beautiful. Plus, a monster day on the campus of USC having nothing to do with football or the big rivalry game this weekend and having everything to do with men's and women's basketball. It's a huge story. We'll get there. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. UNIT, what? Come say Unity. Banger. Very important to the Yatesian upbringing at the time. Just so you know. I'm listening. I want more. I want pre, more information. This pre-living single. This sort of led to Latifah turning to take over the world. Basically, it's a song about how you need to respect women because we're not doing all this nonsense. And Queen Latifah just might beat your behind if you don't come correct when you're trying to date her. That's what pretty much it's about. Love her. Yeah, she's great. Slay queen. Sure. There's that. You don't use that phrase? No, I, I, I kind of, you know. There's a little bit of appropriation in that that I, I don't really, you know. I don't what do really you mean? Do. That's just not really a term for me. Oh, all right. You know? Well, hey king, no. I can do. Slay queen is not really. No, hey king's good. Slay hey king queen's works. out. Slay queen's out for me. Okay. Okay. Right. So here's my question. I get yeah. an email. Yeah. Keep going. I get an email from my building. Right. And it says, so my building has like things that come to the building. They have mm-hmm. yoga. They have people that do all sorts of stuff. And the person who's coming to the building, I believe today or tomorrow, is a massage therapist. Mm-hmm. And for a certain amount of money, you can book this massage therapist. Now, the reason why this is interesting is because over the past couple weeks and months, and this is always something that I've had an interest in, but I've never really been brave enough to do, but now I'm kind of kind of getting into it. Bro, half of my IG and TikTok feed is like chiropract- chiropractor Twitter, for lack of a better term. Why is that? People getting backs cracked, people getting lower back adjustments, Y strap pulls. I'm all Do into it. the lingo. I've even got guys that are doing adjustments for dogs in my algorithm because this is how much I watch these things. I why, saw that why is that? It was very interesting. Why? Why? Why do you? Because have so I have much... serious lower back issues. Oh, That's okay. Why. I was wondering. I was and wondering so what the reason was. I do all sorts of stretches. I do all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, dude, I'm watching. There's like two guys in particular who I watch all the time. They got like quasi famous people coming in and they're cracking necks. They're flipping people's backs wide open. They're making adjustments. They're doing all sorts of stuff. And I've always been a little bit scared of it. Of chiropractors? Well, in this regard, in the, am I going to be the one person who A, gets their neck broken Mm -hmm. or B, gets addicted? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I can't decide. Now, the massage therapist thing really just triggered my brain about this. I'm probably not going to go to a massage therapist in my building just because I don't really want to do that. But I would consider going to one of these dudes where they film you they mic you up, they bust, they break your spine or whatever they do to make you feel better. I was about to say something I did not want to say, so I'm glad I didn't say that. But and then you're on camera acting like a goofball. Should I be doing this? I need to know. I would like some input from the community as well, if possible, because I'm low key scared. I'm also low key concerned that I'm going to get like swindled. No. I got a friend that calls these people charlatans because she doesn't really believe in what they actually do. I meaning, believe in what they do. Meaning chiropractors as a profession or meaning these guys on Instagram? These particular people who are doing these adjustments for the sake of the camera. Oh, God. No. Yeah. See, no. I say go to a legit chiropractor. I love chiropractors. I miss my chiropractor. They are amazing. 
my back has been hurting like crazy. So do that. Do, have There's you had the full? It. Have you had the full crack? Wow. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm a totally different person. Experience. Dude, yes. I literally. Um. There's one actually really good right across from LA Live that I okay. was going to that I can connect you with, and the first time he cracked me, I was I curse so much Oof. and then i was like oh my god i feel amazing right so that's when you know it works okay, okay. So all right i'm gonna i'm gonna throw you one better you ready for this fo- that's a plus that's a pro vote okay from gonna, from louder okay all right, i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you another option yeah. you ready for this i got a buddy of mine in newport and this guy is a traveling chiropractor similar really? to your similar to the massage therapist for your building yes there's an app for it yeah, this guy shows up at your house, Clinton. Uh huh. He brings his adjustment table. Yeah, I've seen those. He is a you know probably twenty five year professional. Dude is ripped and lean. Sure. Arms are shaved. Skin is just looking good. Specimen. Right? So he's looking healthy, is what I'm getting at. Right. right. And my man comes to your place and does all the chiropractic right there at your house. I like that idea. I like that idea. I don't know why I haven't pulled the trigger on this. You should. Now, if you want the whole circus of the camera, you can also have Cappy crack your back like he did with Morales. I'm right. just saying. That's I not have, happening. I have some saying. chiropractic skills. It's true. But I'll say this. As television's Clinton Yates and as the president of the local chapter of the Handsome Man community, yeah. I actually think it would be great if you went to one of these chiropractors and did it all on camera. I think so, too. And I think this, that the the guys who are the the instagram chiropractor guys those guys are smart because they're using the tools that are available to them to market their services while everybody else is going how come i don't have patients coming through these doors no shame in the game right in terms of doing it on instagram i'm just concerned whether or not there's a belief that the guys on ig Lindsay, are not as good and therefore they are doing it online because they do not have the practice to sustain itself otherwise. No, I think that they're just smart because there's also like a whole other sector of this in the medical community, like plastic surgery. Like all the all the plastic surgeons that are doing all the like the best boob jobs and the best BBLs and blah blah blah. There's a whole <laughs> sector of TikTok for that. Right. So I feel like they're just really smart about marketing and targeting a younger crowd that's using those apps whereas instead of just calling up like or looking up their insurance company like, hey, who who's my chiropractor? What's a BBL? A Brazilian butt lift where they they like suck out your fat and they put it into your butt to make your butt look bigger. And people abbreviate that BBL and everybody's supposed to know what that means? I think most people do know what it means. Really? Mm -hmm. Clinton, you know what that means? Yeah, but I'm not talking right now because I'm looking at the camera while Scott talks about it. Okay. (laughs) Greg, Greg's in here. Greg, do you know what that means? You didn't know that. Yes, you did. Do you know what BBL is? What's a BBL? Yeah. What is it? In the plastic surgery sense? No, he doesn't know it. Doesn't I know certainly it. know what it is. <laughs> what did okay. he say? <laughs> We've gotten distracted. I get your point, though. This is just another way to market yourself. But here's the other, the last and the third part about this, okay. Scott, is that I'm a little like scared to do it alone. Like I need somebody. What do you mean? You want me to hold your to hand? Come with, kind of. Okay. I kind of need somebody to come with me, and I can't decide who that person in my life is going to be. This is not for the consigliere. Well, this is not no, a mission that, for the consigliere. That is exactly the number one guy that we were all going to come course, up with. Of course, but this is not a mission Julian for him. Go with you. This is not a mission for him. Why not? Because he would be making fun of me, and he would be right for right, too. You need somebody. So to maybe he could come like with you. Yeah. I mean, two or three people, maybe perhaps. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Julian oh, would Julian. be great to have there for to amp me up. Chiropractor. Don't I, you see that this is fun for me? Everybody's always doing this to me. It's now me getting a chance to do this to you. I need somebody 
perhaps from the station to yeah. come with me at the very least so we can get content out of it as oh, well. Let's go, Dude, man. I go should, with you. you know, Lada, will you come yeah, with me? I will come with okay. you. Okay. I appreciate another, that. I'll tell you who else could go with you. Who's that? You could have Sedano and you could have Morales. And Sedano could be doing play-by-play, oh. and Morales could be doing analysis because he too could get his back practice. That's, He's got better, that's, that's actually not. We can yeah, have Beto as a, as a sideline guy yeah, as well, right? And <laughs> Sedano has had his fair <laughs> share of back that. problems recently as well. So, right. and we get everybody's backs cracked at the same time. A full back cracking, if you. Will. You know what I'd like to do, Clinton? What's that? What I'd really like to do before you do any of this is I'd like to get you to lay down on a table. And then I'd like to yank on both of your ankles, and I want to take a oh, look at your feet. Oh, that's part of it. That's part yeah. of it. That's right. part, uh, trust me, I've seen every step of every adjustment there is. That ankle crack, those wrist cracks, that little shoulder deal they do where one person stands and the other person just kind of pops that thing in. I've seen yeah. it all. I want it all. I want all of it, Scott. How about, how about I don't on, know what, if I want you putting your hands on me, though. Well, I just would like to take a look to see the length of your, your legs, to see if one is longer than the other. Maybe you, you know, maybe your hips are a little bit off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe i got to do an adjustment on your hips, and i got to get them properly aligned. Scott, you're you just know? trying to talk like the guys in the video. You're not doing any of this. Can you do this? Hey, hey, all I'll tell you is this, is that when Morales' back was really, really hurt... You actually... Not he only, could also hurt you and injure you for the rest of your life to where like a chiropractor won't be able to help you. <laughs> Just um, saying. Did you ever hear the noise that it made when I cracked Morales' neck on the air? Yeah, I've heard that. I mean, that's yeah. the same noise that it all that they all make. I yeah. need that noise in my life. Right. That's what needs to happen. I could I could do that for you. Where's your guy? My guy? Yeah. I'll send my guy right to you. Send well, I don't know that I want him to come into my home. Because if something ter- you know something terrible happens, I don't need to have to move. How about out. I send him over to seven ten, and he puts you on the chair or on that's, the table in that's the lobby? Completely doable. That I might be up for. If your boy's willing to come up to the station and adjust the big CY, isolate that Morales, then I'm willing to do it. I've seen yeah. it all. I want it all. <laughs> Steve Mason has just sent a text to us. He says, "Weirdly, I'm going to get my back cracked for the first time ever tomorrow." Really? Yep. Huh? Okay. So we, I'll follow up with Mace. I'm glad I asked this now. Yeah, this is because I've I've really been quite confused and quite uh, you know, concerned about how this was going to go. But now I feel better. I'm doing. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Do it. Screw you, charlatans. I need the pop. Yeah, and, I'm ready. and and hey, Julian. I mean, come on, your boy needs you, man. He nah, Ju- need you Julian would come with me. I just don't want to drag Julian out for something so stupid. Is what I'm saying. Well, maybe he'll get an adjustment. That could be. I should ask him that. You know, maybe his neck will feel better after. I'll ask him that tonight. All right, give that some thought. All right, coming up, a monster day for USC's basketball programs. Not one, both. I'll explain. But coming up, a little Tinder on the way. So stay tuned for that. The big CY is in the house today for Sedano. Thanks, Christopher. Super excited. Super excited. Super duper excited since Clinton Yates is here for Radio Tinder today. Yeehaw. All right, guys. So Quentin Tarantino, uh, one of he, you know, he's been doing like the media junkets lately because I think he's got like a book coming out. Really? Yeah. A he, book? Yeah. And like a memoir. Huh. And he was on Howard Stern today and he was asked about his movie career and what he thinks his best movie is. And the director, well, first let me see if you guys know, would like guess what he said as far as like what he thinks his best movie that he's made was. I would presume Pulp Fiction. Yeah, because that's what I would presume, I'm going to go in another direction. How about Django Unchained? Neither of those. He named Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as his best movie he's ever made. And he said that in the past when people would ask him that, he would say something like, oh, they're all my children. But he said he really does think 
that that's his best movie. So do you guys agree with him? Swipe left or swipe right, Cappy? Disagree. Swiping left. Mostly for two reasons. One, Pulp Fiction is one of my favorites, and two, I never saw the other one. <laughs> oh, that's a great movie. You should see it, Cap, because it's a really good movie. If you like uh, yeah. Pulp Fiction, you'll like that. Okay. And what's it, what's it called? Because somebody else had recently told me that. And, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I have not seen it. And for me, that might as well be a brand new movie. Clinton, I don't know if you heard what happened here the last couple of days. There was this Mariah Carey um, Boys to Men song, and I'd never heard of this song one before. Sweet one Sweet Day from 1995. That doesn't surprise me. So for me, 27 years later, they just dropped that joint. Yeah. That's it's brand new music to me. Well, <laughs> well, okay. So first of all, Pulp Fig- I mean, I'm swiping left on this for similar reasons, but I have questions about, I have questions about this other, like, first question I always ask about movies that I had no intention of seeing and have barely ever heard of, are there any black people in that movie? Yeah. Who? Um, trying to think. I mean, I, it's been a while since I've seen it. But there is. Okay, so um, this is aren't, aren't a lot of Tarantino this, movies. I, it's probably been three or four years since I've seen it. Like I said, when fair. it first came out, and I will say it's basically the premise of it is about the night of the the Sharon Sharon Tate murders from the Manson people, but it has an alternate reality. Like he he does it as if something else happened when oh. when they got to the house. Yeah, that's that's of low interest to me, but. I do understand why he probably loves that movie because that dude is so self-absorbed. And if you're going to make a movie about some weird Hollywood thing or you know some weird sort of famous incident, that would be what he likes. If I'd known more about that movie, I might have guessed that. But that's why I like Pulp Fiction too. It's one of the best movies ever made about LA in history. I love Pulp Fiction. Great film. You lost your LA privileges. Oh. Oh. What now? There is no what now. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could quote. I mean, I know that movie by heart. And I've known it since I, by heart since I was like thirteen. I saw it three times in the movie theater. I saw it with my boys. I took my dad. I took my mom. My mom cried in the movie theater. <laughs> I took he, it. Said, he said, "Oh, that what now?" She was like, "Why do you like this?" I was yeah. like, "Mom, I'm thirteen. It's one of those movies <laughs> that if I still see it, if I come across it, which I mean, there's rarely a time where I'm sitting on a couch and flipping channels. But if I was, that's the kind of movie you stop and get sucked into. Sure, I'll get to it. I'll get to the next commercial break on on Pulp Fiction if it's on one of the one of the. The pay cha- I mean, the non-paid channels. Right. You know, I like that movie. All right, Lindsay. Baseball. Soundtrack's a banger, too. All right, so college football fans are not very happy with the latest playoff rankings, and now they're calling out the committee for what they're calling an SEC bias. The most recent standings came out last night, and we never got to them on the show, but there's four SEC teams in the top eight, and two of those programs already have two losses this year. So there's also no other two-loss teams in the top eight, even though eight and two Utah you know, rounds out the top 10. But do you guys think that the college football playoff committee has an SEC bias? Swipe left or swipe right. Clinton, you go first. Uh, No, but I do think that the SEC is the best conference in America. So who who exactly is doing this complaining, may I ask? It's just like fans and, you know, Twitter reaction to it. Okay, so media. fans. Uh, the reason I ask is because we are not hearing like actual coaches or ADs complain about this, which is a very different thing because in college football, coaches and ADs and all these people actually have a lot of power in these scenarios. And when they're upset about something, I take a little bit more credence to it, Scott, than when rando fans, they ain't played nobody, Paul! You know, when these kind of <laughs> mouth breathers are the ones that are timing in, I, it's hard for me to take that seriously. I mean, the SEC has a more fans than everybody else and be better players than everybody else. That's why everybody wants to be in that conference. So, no, if they're the best conference in America, they should have more people. I think that's kind of obvious. Clinton, just a point of information here. Why is mouth breathing considered an insult? Oh, because it's an evolutionary thing. That's what troglodytes and other cavemen used to do, and they did not know how to breathe otherwise, and therefore they couldn't survive for as long. Okay. Well, that answers that question. You're very welcome. Um, (laughs) Tennessee is number five. 
They're an SEC school. They're nine and one. LSU, and by the way, I think they, they only lost to Georgia, who's number one. Right. LSU is number six. They're eight and two. And USC is nine and one with Alabama right behind them at eight and two. So, I, I mean, if you're USC, I guess you could be a little upset that LSU is in front of you just because they've got one more loss than you. But everybody considers the SEC to be the best conference. So, and they've got a bigger win, too. They've got a bigger signature win, which is probably why they're ahead of them right now. Well, they beat Alabama. That's, That's the game you're talking about. No. They beat Ole Miss when Ole Miss was number 7 in the country. And in back-to-back weeks, they beat Ole Miss and Alabama. Right. So they're hotter right now. It makes sense. That's the whole point. Of, I, you, By the way, I can't stand when people who love college football have a problem with everything about how college football works. I'm like, oh, isn't this the point of the rankings, Scott? That week to week, this stuff kind of changes and you don't really know what's going on in terms of why people like certain things. I mean, it's not a simulation. You know, we're doing this. We're playing the games for a reason. This is this is I thought I was informed. This was the fun part. And it's all going to work itself out because Ohio State and Michigan are going to play and they're both 10 and 0. And we'll see what happens with TCU. And we'll see what happens with USC-UCLA this weekend, USC-Notre Dame the following weekend, USC with the, with the Pac-12 championship game, assuming they're in it. So don't, if you're a USC fan, don't give up yet. No, absolutely not. I mean, if you've got – I mean, look – don't get me started on this, but I mean, this is about as good as a chance as you're going to get to get into this thing. Trust me, when USC goes to the Big Ten, things are going to change drastically. Personal opinion. I think you're exactly right. I mean, I don't think that team's going to be very good in that conference, but that's just USC. Me. I don't think either one of USC or UCLA are going to be that good in that conference. I think that's going to change the whole dynamic of what they're doing from a football standpoint. Well, yeah, I don't know that they're going to walk in to the the Big Ten and and be you know a top two or three team. Certainly not right away. Nope. I mean, same goes for Oklahoma and Texas. When they go to the SEC, get ready. Correct. Totally agreed on that. But that's another topic for another day. I don't know. I feel like the Big Ten right now is kind of, you know, in a down situation. And Michigan is just, they're just not that good. Like, they're really not. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking from a brand of football standpoint. I think it's going to be a little bit different of a mix as opposed to just overall talent. I think it's going to be a lot harder for those USC teams to be constantly on the road in the Big Ten and actually be able to um, compete. But I do think that they will get the best players. I really do. I mean, Ohio State has a great reputation, and so does Michigan. But when it comes to NIL deals, and we'll talk about that coming up in a bit, when it comes to these NIL deals, I don't know that anybody's going to be better at it than USC. They should already be better at it. They shouldn't have to switch conferences for that. Anyway, moving right along. All right, so a Philadelphia man has conquered a unique feat in the culinary world after completing an epic challenge to eat an entire rotisserie chicken every day for 40 straight days. So he decided to take on this rotisserie chicken diet on a whim, and he says that he lost 15 pounds, but the sodium made him feel like his heart was going to explode by the end of it. He ate the final chicken of the 40 in front of like a huge crowd in his hometown. People were cheering him on. It was a big thing on TikTok. Like, woo, good for him. Quite the accomplishment. So if you had to pick one food to eat for 40 days and nothing else, what would you pick? Oh, I mean, this is easy. I'd pick sushi of some regard. For sure. It would be the same exact thing every day. Yeah, okay. So I'd do a little yellowtail scallion, a little wasabi action on it. I could eat that every day for the rest of my life. Forget about 40 days and 40 nights. Okay. Light, spicy little crunch so it's not filling me up. Certainly not cheesesteaks. This, by the way, started and got popular after the Phillies got bounced out of the World Series if you want to know what's going on in that town when they're not winning sports games, Scott. What do you mean? Like, the first I heard of this was as soon as the Phillies got knocked out of the World Series because my buddy from Philly sent it to me. He was like, it seems like we're taking the loss well. And it was like 150 people watching this guy down a rotisserie chicken for no reason at all. Oh, well, He had started <laughs> doing it. Right. He had started yeah. before, but like it kind of blew up recently. So um, the rotisserie chicken... 
I would think that if you ate a rotisserie chicken every day for 40 days, you would lose a bunch of weight. Um, you're not having a lot of carbs. I'm not saying that's the only thing he's eating, but no, I didn't. That really I never... was the only thing that he was eating. Oh, Nothing really? Else. Yes. Well, One whole rotisserie chicken every day. I wonder how you break that up. Do you go like breast thigh in the morning and then, you know, a little bit more, another no, breast no, no, thigh no, no. in the afternoon? Each one he was eating was a one-shot deal in front of human beings. At least that's what it became from what I saw. Am I wrong on that, Lindsay? Yeah, I mean, it started off as just his personal challenge for himself, and he was documenting it on TikTok. And as the month, con- the 40 days continued along, more people picked up on it and saw that he was doing it, and he would go to a different restaurant and eat them at a time. Like, But that's the only thing that he was eating, was one of these every day and nothing else. Is he giving him some of this away for charity? Is there some larger no, cause here? He, he said the reason why he did it was because the world's a weird place right now, kind of scary, and a lot of people are going through some things, so, so he I, wanted to do something to himself that puts his willpower at, you know, at so why, Was at there the a reason test. for 40 days? Well, I mean, that's kind of like a you know, like a, big, a thing for Lent. Like I said, big Jesus oh. guy. Yeah. No, yeah. oh, I didn't know that. I don't know if he was. I just feel like that's like kind of a thing. If you're going to do something where you're like doing a strike or a fast or whatever, that's kind of like the go-to 40 days because of Lent? Yeah. So he, so he, this is basically the Forrest Gump motivation where you just take off into the distance because you're trying to find yourself. But he finds himself through rotisserie chicken? Sure. Wow. What a time wow. to be alive. That is, uh, yeah. This, But the, I never thought of the sodium part of it all. Yeah, I mean, that, that skin, which is the best part, is pretty salty. But that's why you kind of got to use it in moderation. I'm a big chicken skin guy, by the way. Oh, you like the skin? I love the skin. I don't like the skin. I love the skin. Yeah, see, that's I, the part I, you shouldn't eat. I know. I take the skin off. Yeah, me too. No? They said, you know, Adam Driver, uh, Kylo Ren from Star Wars, he said when he was in, he went to Juilliard and that he would eat rotisserie chicken every day. And, like, that's how he stayed in shape and, like, got muscular. But he took the skin off. But, like... Like people would be like, oh yeah, I used to see him running back and forth to class and to whatever, like with with us holding a a big gallon of water and a rotisserie chicken in his arms that he would pick at throughout the day. <laughs> like hmm. that's all he ate. Well, hey, you too. I eat the skin on chicken. Yes, yeah, so I, what I like to do is I like to get a rotisserie chicken and put it in my refrigerator, and then I'm like, I'm going to eat this all week long. I'm just going to have it like for snacking and things like that. Yeah. And then what happens is I wind up feeding it all to the dog. Oh uh, yeah. Nothing wrong yeah. with a cold chicken though. No, I know it's nice and it's a good idea. But it, it hasn't happened. Anyway. Well, there you go. There's Radio Tinder. It's presented by Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala. Uh, coming up, National Fast Food Day. Need to talk about that because yesterday I had a bit of a conflict as I was leaving downtown L.A. to drive to south-south L.A. And I've mentioned it a couple times, but we got to get to it. Huge day for USC's basketball programs, plural, Get to that story. Coming right back. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Fun fact about this song, Scott. Yes, tell me. I'm listening. When I was a freshman in college, I was not having a great time at school. I lived in New York City, and I lived three guys in one room that was smaller than the room that Lindsay and Laura are in right now. And I was kind of going through it on my birthdays in March, and my sister sent me a box full of 50, like a 50 box full of Philly Blunt Titans and that CD. And that was my birthday gift. And it was one of the best gifts I ever got in my life. So shouts to my sister. When you say Philly Blunt Titans. Yes, you can Google that on your own kids at home. But okay. They are smoking devices is what they are. Okay. Because they sounded like that, but I wasn't Correct. sure. Yeah. So this Fun. album is called The Chronic. I mean, there was a theme to this, obviously. Yeah. I kind of was know, getting so that. Put, putting those two things together. Yeah. I was picking up what you were putting down. <laughs> I'll never forget that about that song and that gift. 
That's Morales cool. just blew right past the fact that Home Alone, like that, that deserves its own rejoin itself. And like the music, I think John Carpenter does the music. That I mean, I, I would, I would argue to say that the, the, the DRE is slightly more important. I'm just saying that they. I'm not saying it's not more important. I'm saying, again, not what I'm saying. It deserves its own rejoin. That's okay. all. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, there's a lot of cr- criticism that goes on around here, Clinton, about Chris's rejoins. Really? You know, about what order they're in. You know, what stories are bigger. You know, sure. why does he choose this versus that? So there's a lot of analysis that goes on. Cliche, give me just one night, una noche, over the thong song. Like that was a that was a clear. Mm. That was just that might have been a miss. But I mean, Home Alone, Home Alone Alone deserves its own rejoin. Home Alone, not not that big on my radar. Not gonna lie. You know what the problem with Home Alone is, don't you? you? No, you know what the problem is with Home Alone. No black people in it. There's no black people in that movie. That's why Clinton Gates doesn't like it. I mean, same with me. Same with you. That's right. I feel I st- like the last time I talked about Home Alone, you loved it. You were right on board there with me. Not anymore. Great movie. <laughs> Remember, he switches. Right. Did uh, is big big in Cleveland? I'm joking. Do not. Do, I'm, I'm always big in DC. I'm, I'm joking. Let's... I think we could all make the argument that you definitely talk more DC than I do Cleveland. Uh, oh. I'll let the voters be the judge oh. of that. Do they watch you on TV? Ooh. When, it's, when they watch me on TV, that's you, not you what we're talking about. Too. I don't really talk about I'm the just district saying in on general. TV that much. Okay. Not really. Okay. Not really. <laughs> Getting all offended here. Not Sorry, really. sore subject. My no, bad. Moving along. Right. It's the capital of the United States of America. Moving important place along. in the world. Then there's Cleveland. Just joking. <laughs> Moving right along. So, Again. Sorry. So big, <laughs> big day today, Clinton Yates, for the athletic department at USC. Oh, yeah. Huge day. Did you did you see about this? Have you heard about this? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't follow high school basketball recruiting mm-hmm. very often, but when I hear that a kid is considered the number one high school basketball player in the country, and he's from Atlanta, Georgia, and he's coming to USC, and that is going to you know make USC's recruiting class jump right up into the top ten, and this kid is supposedly. Uh, so good and so ready that he'll walk day one on campus and he will be the guy that runs the the USC offense. That he's considered that good. Uh, he's 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 ready to go right now. And so when I hear this story, I go, "Wow! How how does USC get the number one high school basketball recruit in the country? If he's from LA, okay, maybe, but he's from Atlanta, Georgia." How does that happen? Um, not going to lie. When you brought up this story talking about who USC's landing as basketball commits, I thought you were talking about the young lady, Juju Watkins. Well, that's the second that's part of the story. I didn't even know about the dude. Yeah. I'm not oh. even going to lie. Oh, interesting. I completely dialed in to Juju signing with SC and you know, sort of her picking that over South Carolina. I didn't even know about that guy. Not going to lie. Yeah, so Juju Watkins is the young lady from Sierra Canyon. And she's apparently the number one recruited female high school yeah. basketball player in the country. She commits to USC yesterday. Now this kid Collier from Atlanta, um, he he uh, committed to USC today. Isaiah Collier. So USC has gotten the number one high school basketball player for the men's side and for the women's side in back to back days. That's pretty remarkable. Um, for a couple of different reasons. I mean, number one, I just think it speaks to where, how to explain this, where college basketball is and sort of where we're coming back to. There was a time when I felt that a lot of the world of high school ball was very kind of icky and very sort of murky in terms of, 
you know, guys getting, uh, it's hard to explain, but guys getting years off and going here and going there. And I don't have a problem with any of it, but it kind of feels cool to just be in the place where other people and other kids want to be to practice their wares. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think if you're a fan of basketball in general in Los Angeles, this is a good thing because it gives you more opportunities to watch good basketball and be around exciting programs more so than you did two days ago. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this doesn't have to mean that everybody's going to go out and, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't mean that these people are both going to set the world on fire, but it does mean that there's more opportunity, for example, for kids growing up in this area to see players and see situations that are just fun for the game. And that's 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 what I think. For LA as a basketball town, this is this is a big win overall. I couldn't help but think right away, how does, how does this happen? You know, how do you get the number one female player and the number one male player. Now, the young lady, I know that USC has been hot on her trail and the recruiting's been going on for a long time, and she's local. On the other hand, the young man is coming from Atlanta, Georgia. So if you would have told me the number one player in the country is in Atlanta, Georgia, and he's going to Duke or North Carolina or someplace like that, Memphis, you know, places where you turn out pros, I'd get it. I'm not saying that USC doesn't turn out pros. I'm just saying, how do you get this kid? And what it makes me think is, and I really want to do a whole bunch of research on this, what is the NIL situation? Because when you go out and get a football coach like Lincoln Riley, Mm -hmm. and then you're able to bring in a transfer quarterback who's been very, it's been highly documented how advanced this young man is when it comes to NIL and his family and how they've been involved and the deals that he's got and so on. And then when you go out and you get the number one receiver from a year ago in college football and the reports were millions and millions of dollars we're talking about here that this is the kind of kid that if he never played football again he's he's got a really great advantage getting started in life because he's made millions while playing at usc i don't know exactly how all the nil stuff works and i know there's a lot of stories about organizations called collectives and how they um how they're able to pass money through to the players in exchange for certain services I don't know, man, but USC is doing something right. They have to be doing something right in the world of NIL. And I just, I don't know what exactly it is. I'd like to know a lot more, but man, whoever's doing doing this thing, great work out of you guys. Well, I'll tell you what I think it is. I mean, this is the mirage that Lakers fans think that it is for pro players. It's a different world for college. Where would you rather be if you could potentially make money and live and play, which is effectively work in this situation, than Los Angeles, California, if you're a young person? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we talking about here? Like, and I don't think that football and basketball are apples to apples here either, Scott. Now, sure, you can make the money probably bigger in football because ideally more people know who you are because it's a bigger sport. But in basketball, people can see your face. Oh, dude. You know what I mean? Like, you are a far more marketable student athlete, excuse me, just in general because of the nature of the sport. And so to me, now that this NIL money is coming around, this is what people were kind of afraid of, is that big schools in big places would just be able to take folks and that's the way that it was going to work, which, by the way, I have no issue with. If I'm a kid that's got an opportunity to market myself in a place where A, people either already know me or B, people are looking for me, I'm doing that. It's not necessarily about, I mean, listen, there are, God knows how many teams in the tournament are going to be there in five years. These days of like, I'm going into a winning program because I just want to be a part of the culture and I just want to make sure that I can be a part of the banners on the wall. Those days are over. And I don't actually have a big problem with that. If the NBA is going to use the NCAA 
as a de facto free minor league system, well, then let guys do whatever they want as long as they're trying to get to their overall goal. And that goes for ladies as well. And so for me, I think this is the natural advantage that L.A. actually has that gives them a bigger advantage on the college level than it in fact does in the pros for any sport. There's no doubt. I mean, listen, when, when the talk about NIL was happening, the, uh, the assumption was that schools in big markets like L.A. would be able to attract the best talent because they'd probably have the most resources and they'd be able to pass along those resources to the players themselves. Because now, unlike back in the old days where it was kind of a hidden, dirty little secret, mm-hmm. now it's out in the open. How much? Well, to be fair, Scott, the schools still are not paying the players. No, no, it's not the schools. Right. It, it, but it is the legality of NIL that allows for a kid to earn while playing ball. So if you're going to earn, you want to be in the biggest market where you can get the most exposure. And so, I mean, I think it, it makes sense to want to go to a USC. Yes, there's a yes and no in that, which I would say is pretty simple because it, we talked about this earlier. Because it's not the schools actually paying, there is some value to being in smaller places that have big, huge spotlights on them. You know what I'm saying? Like the quarterback of the Tennessee Volunteers is probably going to get whatever exposure that the point guard for the USC Trojans is going to get. It's just a matter of how you sort of gauge that. There's still big markets. And I know that sounds like I'm contradicting myself. My no, point no, is no, that it it's, makes sense. it's complicated. You know what no, I mean? And there's different avenues. And so for USC specifically, and I say that because they are not UCLA. They are, they are selling a very different brand of product than UCLA in terms of basketball at the collegiate level. I think it's a big win for them. It overall. is a huge win. There's so many different ways that you can get it done these days in college sports. And for see, to see the USC is getting it done in basketball, never mind football, big win for that athletic department, no doubt about it. No, Listen, and when you talk about Tennessee's quarterback and you talk about Texas A&M versus Alabama sure. and all these kinds of conversations, if you're a USC and you want to, to be in this game, you got to play the new game. And it looks like USC is playing it in football and in basketball, not just with the guys, but with the girls as well. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. So, hey, listen, stick around, everybody. What we all need to know together next, this is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN.